0: Hello and welcome to the Saturday Night Top Podcast. He is Chris Marley. I am Conor Guerra. I've got a confession. We beefed
1: up. I beefed, we beefed up.
0: up. Uh, no, no, we're a team. We're a team. We beefed up. I should have. I should have put a reminder in there. A little peel behind the onion here. We had planned on doing Fourth and Wrong the other day. Yeah. We had planned on doing Fourth and Wrong for our Monday pod, NCAA tournament talk. I said in the intro that we were going to do Fourth and Wrong. <laughs> Guess what never came? Fourth of wrong. wrong. If, if you were sitting there waiting for your question to be asked.
1: Uh, we realized it would never be asked ever. and We didn't like any of the questions, and we hate all of you. April Fool's, guys. I messed up. I beefed up. That was my fault. That It's April Well, yesterday second, so. was April Fool's, and so it's, you know what? Okay, I did. And now I've beefed yeah. up twice. <laughs> we beefed up. Also, i got to Google what beefed up means, but.
0: I say that all the time for mess up. I think it's so much better. What I, I heard I somebody say I in high say school. I would say
1: it like, I would use the fourth letter of it and then the last two. That's what I would say. If you kept- I, I, Yeah,
0: I did the word jumble in my head there. That was pretty good. <laughs> At the, speaking of beefed up, I, I'm curious about this. This has nothing to do with football, and I promise we'll get to, to stuff in a minute. We're, we've got some stuff to talk about with uh, spring quarterback battles. We're going to predict every SEC starting quarterback um, for opening day. We have a great interview with our good friend, Ooh, Mark Stoops. It was awesome. Love awesome. Fun. Definitely going to want to listen to that. Uh, we've got some some actual our final final four picks that we're going to get to as well um and then we of course have fourth and wrong it might mean too much all that stuff so um but before we do all of that i'm curious have you ever had a haircut messed up so badly that you needed to go to somebody else to fix it
1: yeah it's always the worst because here's i hate haircuts i hate getting haircuts because despite what most of you might think with how i talk on social media I hate forced conversation. So a haircut is like a long-ass Uber ride for me. I can't stand it. I'm just like, I'm like, "Uh, what do we talk about now? And and at the end, they're like, what do you think? And I'm always like, great. It's fantastic. (laughs) And then you can't like, like if you get a haircut spot, you go to that haircut spot. And so I always feel too bad about asking them to redo it. So then I have to go to a new haircut spot. It's a whole thing. It's a Seinfeld episode that you just asked me. I agree. I agree
0: with you 100%. It is one of the more awkward social situations when you have to ask somebody, hey, like, that looks really bad. Can you, you not do up. it that way? You beefed up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not me. You beefed up. So that happened to me last week, and it was so bad. In this place that I go to, um, it's a little place. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Supercuts, but no more. Jesus no God. more. I've had it's a, it's the most hit or miss haircut place in the world. Everybody who goes there knows what I'm talking about. You could get a great haircut one time, and the next time you go back, and you're just like, "What in the world happened? This should
1: not be." You that should. Difficult. You're over the age of 11 years old. You should not be going to great Clips or supercuts. Yeah, the I rule hope they're not is they're going to be a the sponsor of the show. Then, they they pride
0: them, they pride themselves on the guys who really don't care that much. Yeah. And for a very long time, that was kind of me. And then I just got to the point where you know uh, I had a few bad ones in a row. I'm like, I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm done. So I went to an actual barbershop, like a real adult, and they fixed it. And I must say, I think my hair is looking yes. at its all time
1: best. I said right that on Sunday. I was like, you get a haircut. It looks really good. Yeah, but you should not like that. That is like their whole motto too. It's like, hey, you're a dad who doesn't care about anything. You want to come in here to read the paper and escape life for a while? Average at best cuts. Come on in.
0: <laughs> so that had nothing to do with anything that we're talking about. Um, Something that has to do with a little bit more mainstream SEC talk, kind of big topic of conversation this week. Auburn fans, I know you're listening. I know you're trying to get up to the Twin Cities. You want to see the Final Four. You don't know when it's going to happen again. You don't know if this is going to be the first time in a a century you could be like a Cub fan and you're like, oh hey, I want to go to the World Series and see see the Indians. I'll pay whatever price. Well, the good news (laughs) is that you're not going to have to pay whatever price because Ticket City is going to hook you up. TicketCity.com is the place to go if you are an Auburn fan looking to go to the Final Four this weekend. You're looking to get into that football stadium and watch from a really, really far seat, or you're looking to get, get, get on in that football house. stadium and yeah, get 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 up close. They your Be tickets. right under the basket. Yeah, get really good tickets. They have everything that you could possibly want. Get to ticketcity.com right now. Get it done. Get up to Minneapolis and go watch Auburn.
1: Maybe make a little, little run to the national so, State. and here's the thing, y'all, if you if you're not an Auburn fan, and what Connor just said, maybe Auburn Maybe Auburn fans do want to go about this like the Cubs fans did the World Series. They want to spend a bazillion dollars. Go mm-hmm. ahead to TicketCity.com, buy those tickets, resell them to them. Ooh, that's a good idea. I mean, don't. That. Get them from Ticket City first, obviously. But, I mean, yeah. yeah, Best prices around. It'll be a fantastic trip this weekend. Get over to Ticket City. Ticket Twin City right now. I Sit. see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Not enough people bought tickets to see the Alliance of American Football. Ooh. That is what we found out about about a half hour before we started recording this. Yeah, we which means after, lo-
1: after we get done recording, the NFL will probably disband as well because it's that's just usually what the trend is. This is true. Yeah. That's the way the news cycle works with us.
0: Darren Ravel reported that the league is suspending football operations. So the league technically isn't done yet. It's basically holding out hope that it can get some sort of last minute, $100 million investment. Um, but barring a, a very sudden change of plans, it looks like it'll fold just eight weeks into this thing. And the way that this is going to be portrayed is, wow, what a you know, what a disaster. I can't believe they thought this thing would work. And if you read some of the stuff about it, Spurrier basically said it was really, really unfortunate that we felt we felt like we were deceived by the powers at B, which were Charlie Ebersaw and Bill Polian, that this league was going to be fundable for three years right. without having to make a profit. At least and three that's years. where yeah, and that's where the frustration sets in. So apparently, um, the massive investor who came in uh, after week one, um, Tom Dundon, who's the uh, owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, he is the one who's bailing out. And because he's the majority stake owner, he has the say to be able right. to say, "Hey, this is my money." He's apparently taken a seven million dollar, seventy million dollar loss yeah, on look, this. So, which is
1: not great. <laughs> that's not mean, ideal. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's like like pocket change for him. Seventy million for him is probably what, like three dollars for us, something like that. Yeah, probably I, I don't know. I don't know with the inflation, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, regardless, that sucks, man. Because it was a pretty. Exci- I mean, it was fun. It was fun to watch. It's like we talked about it when it first started. It was came off like in the perfect time. It was right after the Super Bowl, and there was a lot of fun. And you know, I I did feel at least you know on my end it kind of lost a little bit of steam, like being in Atlanta because there was a lot of other sports going on. Um, exactly. But I know in other cities like Memphis and San Antonio. I mean, San Antonio was averaging like thirty thousand people a game.
0: There were places where this thing could actually make a lot of sense. Yeah, and Birmingham. It's it's a bummer to see that the league really just didn't have the juice from a financial standpoint. Having losing the big time investor, uh, losing your primary investor right. after one week, where his funds apparently weren't what they thought they were going to be, that obviously did not help this whole thing. But. This was dependent, according to Tom Dundon, he hit a quote, I think it was to like the Business Journal, something like that earlier this week, where he came out and said, if we don't get support from the NFLPA, this thing is going to fold. So the league was dependent on getting the practice squad players, some of the reserves from NFL teams to be able to funnel it sort of like a G League type system where you're able to be a true developmental league and people are saying, well, you know, they messed this up with the timing. I've said before, and I'll say it again, the timing, there is no good, time there because is no good timing There is if you make this if you make this a summer league, there's no NFL team that's gonna say, Oh yeah, I'll take this guy that just played a ten week season right. and expect <laughs> him to play sixteen weeks. He's that's ready to go. He doesn't
1: have an off season. Yeah, this it's not like a winter ball for baseball. Like you're just like keep getting yeah. reps, bro. Keep getting reps. Uh, yeah, it's and we talked about that. It is it is difficult to figure out like because I, I, you know, kind of brought up a couple weeks ago, I was like, you know, I, I just think the timing might be a little bit off because now we're into college basketball. It's like, like the, the heat of like the postseason in college basketball, and that's when we kind of realized like, there isn't really a great time for if it's going to be an eight-week season. And, I, yeah, I hate it, man. It was, it was I thought, especially the three-year thing, that's what really bothered me because it, it did seem like it yeah. served its purpose in a lot of ways. It, it had, a, like, a I mean, Birmingham – Hell, like when I went to the Bama—I'm sorry—the Birmingham um, Atlanta Leaching game, there were a lot of people that came or Legends game. And a lot of them came over here. It was they traveled well, which was I thought was pretty cool. It just—I—I I was disappointed because it did seem like there was a couple of guys in there. That this really did help and benefit, and now it seems like it's going to kind of fall by the wayside.
0: It's too bad for those guys. No. And Our guy Aaron Murray. We knew that Aaron Murray was going to be pretty much starting on an NFL roster. Had he been able to lead the Legends on a playoff run, and maybe <laughs> Aaron Murray that. is is the Kurt Warner yeah, cool. of the 21st century. I hope or, so. No, okay, that's not going to happen. But that kicker um, for the
1: Atlanta Legends was was uh, perfect all year.
0: He was. He had the first points in the history of the league. Yeah. People might forget that uh, playing against the Apollos in that Week One game that I was at. Fun times, but. It's a bummer for a variety of reasons, and because a lot of these guys who have worked really, really hard to get to this point, and all of a sudden they're just kind of having the the rug taken out from yeah. under them. And you know, I know people that work for the league. I know the yeah. creative director of the Alliance of American Football, and I'm pretty close with them. Like, text with yeah. them on a pretty regular basis. And he's somebody who picked up and moved to San Francisco. And there are a lot of people that are in this position, and it, it's a bummer to see things like this play out, where it feels like there's some sort of deceit. And it feels like not everybody was telling the truth all the time. And maybe a lot of this You lied to me. Yeah, a lot of this could have been too dependence on the NFLPA getting on board and the NFLPA looking at some of these games and being like, eh, you know, there's a couple guys here and there, but is this worth us overhauling our system for? Probably not.
1: Well, I think what you said too, and if it doesn't benefit the NFL, they're not going to get involved in it. That's that whole just... It's this debate's gone on for years like are they going to are they going to transition to an 18 game schedule and the bottom line is if it makes money for the NFL that's what they're going to end up doing and if this doesn't if this is not like a viable option to make more money for the NFL they don't care they're not going to dabble in it so i mean it, it does suck I, I think you know at least at least but what you said about it being like the the timing of it you cannot have it in the summer
0: you can't. Yeah, absolutely. You just can't.
1: Yeah. I mean, In a perfect world, from an
0: entertainment standpoint, I get that. But yeah. from a logistics standpoint, if you are trying to be a developmental league, that won't work. No. It just won't. No. So this doesn't bode well for the XFL at all. <laughs> at all. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are kind of excited for the XFL, and they're maybe looking at some of the mistakes that the Alliance made, and they're thinking to themselves, all right, perfect. There's, it's going to be an even better market for us. I am now more skeptical than ever yeah. about this. Just, and it's not just the basic funding principle. It's, it's the interest level. And it's kind of a reminder of, well, yeah, I mean, I guess looking back, there's a reason that no league like this has ever been able to really right. succeed. You know, the Arena League is a totally different thing. Same with the CFL. And it doesn't try and be a developmental league for the, for the NFL. And I think that's, that's the part that I don't know if we're ever going to get to that point now. I just don't. No. Well,
1: I guess we don't have football in the offseason anymore. Bummer. Yeah. Bummer, man. It sucks.
0: So, we had some other big breaking news. This wasn't right before we recorded, but this is huge, huge news. I'm not dun, sure if dun, you dun. saw this. Nick Saban has named Tua tonga his starting quarterback.
1: And you really got to wonder, Connor, does he have an even better season than he did last year? Because now he doesn't have Jalen Hurts breathing down his neck. And I think by Nick Saban going out on a limb here and saying that, it could be a huge season for Tua Tag... T- 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 Tua. 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 Season Tua. Two- Got any more Tua puns? I'm sure I do. I gotta check my hashtags on Instagram, but yeah, go. <laughs> we'll stop.
0: <laughs> so we're gonna predict every SEC team's opening day starting quarterback. Let's just start right there. Um, I I feel like Tua probably has. Yeah. Okay. We're not gonna. Bear Bryant's grandson. Hey, don't
1: don't These sell yourself short. Of that These one. will be good. No, we got, we have. I like the way you put this in different um categories here like no brainers of people who are going to start day one so i'll let you take the lead on this so i'll stop we've got
0: comments. our our no-brainer group which consists of alabama who is going to start georgia jake Fromm's going to start lsu <laughs> too soon way too soon lsu joe burrow mizzou kelly bryant south carolina jake bentley texas a&m kellen mond and tennessee jared garantano those are the no-brainers we could we, we'll probably see those guys at media days i'd be yeah. a little bit surprised if we didn't but Ooh. I think that there's a, there's I just a question, yeah. There's a question that I think a couple questions that I think we can ask about this group. One of which, if you had to pick a guy out of that group, it's seven, yeah, seven guys, so half the conference, that will be out of a job by the end of the season, not because of injury, yeah, because maybe you predict that Tua gets hurt because his offensive line is not going to be good. I'm not going to make that prediction, but I'm just saying, you're going to predict the guy is going to lose his job by the end of the season in that group. Who would it be?
1: So, so, and I want to clarify this by saying, this is not I'm trying to make a slight at a certain player. They're just, in this group, this seems like a glaringly obvious choice. And that is Jake Bentley. Cause... Tua. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tua sits in that tent in game one. He's gone. He is gone. Um, no, I think it's Jake Bentley. And I think, you know, having a kid like Ryan trill Sinky coming in... Um, is that what they call him? No, that's what I call him. I'll call him Throttle right. Is that how you say his last name? I don't know. You're
0: you're a little pun heavy today.
1: I'm a little. Probably. All right, I'll dial it back a notch. So Jake <laughs> Jake Bentley, I think this is the obvious choice, and I know he's a senior and he's been there forever. Um, and we we joke around all the time about his age and all that kind of stuff. But I think when you look at this group of players, that that top four especially, Kelly Bryant's not losing that certain job. Joe Burrow, I think, has been fantastic for that program and and really become a leader, uh, for that that entire group and then From and Tua that, you know, just speaks for itself. But guys like Calamon and Jerry Garantano really came on last year and had like, I don't want to say underrated seasons, but they had a very strong seasons for their, their program. Jake Bentley, was just kind of still not in a bad way, but kind of stay in the course and still just kind of hasn't really progressed as much as I thought he would. Bentley is, is the
0: obvious choice. I agree with you. Okay. I think that especially if this ends up being a year, there are some South Carolina fans that are not very optimistic about this upcoming season. Yeah. And it's in part because of what they have to replace at the skill positions. Um, really young defense though. I, so I, I'll have to dig into it a little bit more before I like plan out like how I think their, their year is going to go. Right. But I think if they're looking at a situation by season's end where they, they want to see what they got in Holinsky. And if they abide by the red shirt rule, he could theoretically start the final game or the final two games and You know, Will Muschamp just wants to see what he has. And maybe it's because Jake Bentley hasn't performed that well. I think that that possibility is certainly open. Um, I I don't know. It was interesting seeing seeing Bentley have the quote. (laughs) Once again, I think the offense is going to be way, way faster this year. Oh, do do we just copy and paste the exact same thing from last year? Or you know, because that's all we heard about. You know, all, all we heard about from Tom Luginbill going up to South Carolina spring practice is like, whoa, this, this looks like Oregon. It's like, no, it doesn't. What?
1: Like, <laughs> first off, like, I like
0: Tom Luginbill, but that quote was like, all right, that come on, that let's...
1: reference itself is dated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not, like, yeah. Anyway, I, Jake Bentley. It would. It's it's interesting when you bring this up because of the fact that. It makes sense to have somebody like Ryan Helsinki be. Is that how you say his last name? By the way, I think Helsinki. Helsinki. Okay, cool. Because Helsinki, I think, is where they had the nineteen sixty Winter Olympics or something, right? That's that's why I was
2: confused okay. why
1: you were
0: going the Trilsinki route. I was like, ah, it's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> but I wasn't going to let you have it.
1: Helsinki. Okay, Helsinki. Um, no, I think it's it's one of those things where it'd be interesting to see if like if they're I don't want to say if their season's lost or something like that, or but if they're if you're at a point where they're like fed up, and that doesn't mean like they're not going to a bowl game or they've they've you know if, if they've looked, not even underperformed, but if they're just the same exact level where they've been for the past couple of years, it makes sense to kind of give like a, a, a freshman a chance to be like, hey, this is what the future looks like. Stay on board. This is what we can have moving forward. But at the same time, it'd be interesting and, and kind of odd to see a fourth-year starting senior lose his job like that. So
0: The other guy that I—I I, I don't think he, he'll lose his job, but he's somebody to keep an eye on. And, and I like this kid, don't get me wrong— but Jared Garantano is dealing with his fourth offensive coordinator in as many years since he's
1: been in college. Jared that's Garantano cool. is the most underrated quarterback in the country. Ooh! Yeah, how's that? How's that? I, mean, I like that. I'll, I like it. I'll stand it. by let's that too. Jared Garantano is is the single most underrated quarterback in the country. Wow! Yeah. All right, let's get
0: let's get another prediction on that. I, I like where I like where your head is at with this. Let's go. Let's take it a step further. Is Jared Garentano a top four quarterback in the SEC?
1: Um, that's tough, man. Like going into this season, yep, without a doubt.
0: Okay, so because we would say two zero, uh, we would say from, and I would I would probably say Kellen Mond is my bet for number three as of right now. I would probably um,
1: I mean so Joe Burrow LSU fans are going to get upset about this because you know like of the way he ended the season, he had that big game against UCF and all that kind of stuff, and he had the hundred yards rushing <laughs> against A and M, but yeah, Kellen Mond is probably your uh, your top three or top four i i would maybe have Garantina third to be honest oh yeah and i think kelly bryant could be up there as well because i think he's a very very talented quarterback i think he'll do well in the system um because again we've brought this up a bazillion times when you have intermediate routes he didn't fill the deep ball very well but that like you know short seven to ten yard routes like that he was he was very good um you know i don't want to get too crazy with predictions because we haven't seen him in that offense and we haven't seen him play football in almost a year now but Garantano I think is probably your your second best bet. I mean like, Kellerman lost a lot of offense that he was able to depend on. That's true. That's true.
0: And I think the way that, that Jimbo Fisher kind of went about that job was preparing yeah. for this this situation and not that he thought Jay Sternberger was like going to the NFL yeah. after you know he won career catch or whatever it was and was a transfer, but I think that he kind of expected Kelly to step into a role like this where he is going to be the primary focus right. of that offense. Um, yeah, that, that'll be interesting, we'll, we'll definitely circle back to that. I, I'm fascinated to see the, the way that Garantano develops with Jim Chaney, I think that'll be an interesting well, with that offensive line, line. yeah, with a very you know, a young offensive yeah. line, you know, the Trey Smith. That stuff is th- that just makes me so sad. Like watching a kid so talented like that, that you know, it just his football career doesn't look like it's right. going to be in the best shape. But um, anyway, so who who do we think is going to take a step forward in that group? And I guess we already did who we think could take a step back in in Bentley. But who, if you're picking among that group, and just just for argument's sake, because we just talked about him, let's say Garantano can't be part of that group that takes a step forward. Um, who who would you look at on that group?
1: I mean, I think two throws for five thousand yards this year. Um, no, I'm kidding. I, I think I it's it. Joe Burrow, and the reason why is this. And I think Burrow is, he's a he's a good quarterback. He's and he's more than a game manager for sure. But like, man, we we really when you talk about the winning cures all thing, there's no better example I think in the league of a quarterback who, when when LSU was doing well and when and when they were winning, it was like, man, Joe Burrow is a difference maker. He is he is Coach O finally got his guy, and this team gets behind him. And when they lose, you're like, oh, man, he's throwing, like, I think, like, half of the season, he was under 49% completion percentage.
0: If you look, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. And I, I agree with you that I think he's the guy that takes a step forward I, I think that you could point to a variety of things for yeah. why Joe Burrow was held back. And I'm a Joe Burrow apologist. And I think Miles Brennan being banged up for the majority of the year yeah. and then them wanting to preserve a year of eligibility with him was part of it. Steve Ensminger didn't want to roll Joe Burrow out. They really, really struggled on the outsides at the tackles position. Yeah. At the tackle positions, they just did not have the bodies to be able to protect him. So I think they struggled with what they were some of the limitations with that. But I think what they're returning from a receiver standpoint, I think they're set up really, really well this year to succeed so i think burrow does take the next step and let's not forget how difficult it was for him to show up there you know you show up there in the summer you have to learn a completely new system learn a whole new language and
1: under coach o yeah.
0: exactly great point great point yeah I, burrow is burrow would be my my bet to take the next step up in that group and become one of the the, the better quarterbacks in the country Yeah. Well, all right what, this in group the
1: we'll talk we'll, we'll yeah. circle back to that some other point <laughs>
0: I think be I'm saying like a like a top fifteen, top twenty quarterback yeah. in the country. Yeah, I think that's I mean, I
1: think that's you know what? I'm really interested in just like we'll, and then we'll move on. But is Jake Fromm. And the, the reason why is because of the fact that he's so good, and you saw what he was able to do against Bama in that SEC championship game, and like just from a variety of different standpoints, like his his touch that that swing pass he threw out of the backfield to Swift was ridiculous. Um, and he obviously has like he, they lost a lot of talent, skill position in terms of like especially receiver. They also have a lot of other guys that I don't think the, the country knows about yet that are going to be like household names by the end of the year.
0: I'm waiting for the Jordan Rogers tweet about Jake Fromm being a first-round pick. I can't wait for I it. It's going to happen. Viscerate is the word we're going to use. <laughs> Move on.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: This group is the – they'll start, but their coach won't come out and say it. So these are the guys that eh, their coach may be playing some mind games a little bit with them. They want to see, they want to make sure that they're working hard in the offseason. They don't want to just outright give them the job, right. but they want to do some things to make sure that their development is where they need to be. One of those guys is Felipe Franks, and he's on this list not because of necessarily performance last year, but because... Dan Mullen wouldn't name him the starter yep. in spring camp. So anytime you have a situation like that, I, I, I think that's more so mind games. He's trying he knows he knows Felipe. He knows that Felipe when he gets a little bit a little bit confident, a little bit. He turns into Felipe
1: stakes. We know that. <laughs> the puns today. Well that uh, was that was like the place. one from last year. That was I think Florida fans really like
0: that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're right. Um Felipe is going to be the starter based yeah. on how well he finished last year. I always say that there are very, very few things that a quarterback who, who established themselves and did a lot of good things down the stretch can do during the offseason to not earn the right to yeah. start. So I think that he is going to be the guy, much to Florida fans' chagrin, um, You know, with Emory Jones' situation. I know they want to see Emory Jones yeah. develop into the guy. But there's a different, a different topic of discussion with this. And I wrote about this like a month ago for SDS, and we never talked about it on this for, I, I don't know why, but I, I think it's I think it's interesting. What is it? And I'm curious what you what you think about it.
1: I read it, dude. I promise. I would never, you're my partner, so I definitely read it. I, I got Thanks, you. man. Thanks. I don't, I don't know what it is.
0: How does Dan Mullen want this thing to go?
1: So here's the thing. When you talk about trying to, there's two different, ty- Bear Bryant used to have a quote, and it was, there's two different types of players. There's a player you got to, some players you have to put your arm around and hug, and there's some players you got to kick in the ass a little bit. Okay, it's not exactly how the quote went, but it's around that. Okay, Felipe Franks is tough. I feel like he'd be a difficult guy to coach because he's not great. He's not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback, and he does a lot of things well. But man, one thing he doesn't lack is confidence. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's probably hard to manage the situation because he's not Dan Mullen's guy. He's not the prototypical guy that Dan Mullen would want in his offense if he was if he was drawing it up, you know, and creating a player. Specifically for that. But he is probably the best option. It's just it's gonna be hard to to, I think, manage him and his his I don't want to say arrogance, but confidence level going into the season. Exactly.
0: And here's the other thing that he has to juggle. You have to make Emory Jones happy. Yep. Because the rumor is that Felipe is gone after this year this is his retro junior year regardless of if he improves or yeah. not obviously the hope for florida fans is that he improves he looks like an nfl quarterback he obviously has an nfl arm nobody's questioning yeah, that but the the thought is if he leaves after this year then it works out perfectly for dan Mullen. and dan Mullen has emory jones to step in as the starter jalen jones a guy that he just recruited as well to come in this this four-star dual threat quarterback as well and that's kind of what his depth chart looks like moving forward But what if Felipe is just like, hey, I want to stick around. I want to stay around for another year. I want to use all my eligibility. Emery Jones, if he's getting reps very limited reps this year and if he's just a bench warmer type guy garbage time type guy because the the redshirt rule is now you know it's now been used on him then what does that situation turn into and is there friction between Felipe and Mullen and Jones the way that this thing is all going to work and how does Mullen juggle this because he's not used to working with these four star recruits at quarterback these guys who've been told how great they are you go back to Dak who didn't start – he wasn't the opening day starter until year four at Mississippi State, which comes as a surprise. Nick Fitzgerald wasn't the opening day starter until year three. Yeah. It's totally different when you're working with guys who are not highly touted. Well, He's got some egos to juggle.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, like, and that's the best way to put it, too, is he does have some egos to, to juggle. Not just manage, but juggle because the fact that Felipe, again, has a, has a big ego. See that picture of him walking in the locker room with some damn cowboy boots. What the hell is that? Cowboy boots, oh, not God. All Felipe Franks does not look like he wears cowboy boots. I'll just say, I mean, anyway. Because he's tall? Yeah, he looks like Abraham Lincoln a little bit, too. So um, I just think that with, like, it is different now when you have four-star recruits, which is why Mullen should have never tried to recruit good quarterbacks, first off. But it's also <laughs> different in the fact that the transfer rule and this transfer portal. Exactly. That is such, such like, and, and now you're starting to really understand and get into how... Coaches probably aren't huge fans of this. And and because man, I tell you what, it's gotta feel like such a victory if you're a coach and you get a commitment from somebody and then like hold off all these other people that are pursuing them, and then you get them on campus and they're there. Now you have to actively recruit your current players, which is just it's a lot to deal with. So I think I think the the good news is from everything I've seen, and we'll get into this a little bit later with some Uncle Chris um betting lines talks, is that Florida will be a favorite in a lot of their games this year by a decent amount of points. And, and there should be a little bit more time. There should be a little bit more um, opportunity for playing time for a backup quarterback, you know, like Emory Jones, because they should be up by a lot late in some of these games.
0: The three other teams that are in this group, this group of, they'll start, but their coach won't come out and say it. Kentucky with Terry Wilson, which we talked about with uh, Uncle Terry Wilson. We talked about with Mark Stoops. Neighbor about him. Terry Wilson. Neighbor Terry Wilson. Why, I was just thinking Uncle Chris. You're right. I, I beefed up again. Um, Mississippi State. I think Keaton Thompson is yeah. going to be the guy. Joe Moorhead came on this just, podcast, talked about his development as well. Keaton Thompson, um,
1: just real quick. Again, every time you break his name up, I can't help but say it. Like, oh, good, we have sirens in the background. Um, we're on all strides today. Uh, Keaton Thompson had seven touchdowns in one game. <laughs> it's, just, it's so crazy to me.
0: People forget that. Actually, they probably don't. Yeah. But anyways, Ole Miss is on this list, and I initially had them on the anyone's guest list, but they're on this list because <laughs> – Matt Luke came out and basically said, yeah, you know, we're getting Matt Corral all the reps with the ones. And at first when he said that, I was like, whoa, that's kind of – I'm a little bit surprised because he brings in Rich Rodriguez. He's got to learn a new system. I thought Rich Rod was going to want to pick his guy. But then you look at the depth chart and you realize, oh, yeah, that's right. He's competing against all freshmen here. Yeah, um, They have a very, very young quarterback room. And that's not to say that Corral is 100% locked in as the guy. But at this point, it would be very surprising if he wasn't the guy, especially in year one in, in, in the Rich Rod system. We we tend to think right now that he is going to be Matt Matt
1: is the guy. And, and I understand that, that it was not a, a great game last year in the Egg Bowl for Ole Miss. But after what you saw from his like kind of like fire and, and passions is what I'll say. I'll use those words to describe it. When he tried to fight the entire defense, I think, for Mississippi State. Matt Corral is your guy. Yeah. It's got to be, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Alpha. This is the Anyone's Guest group. It consists of Arkansas, Vandy, and Auburn. Arkansas's situation is maybe unlike any in the country with Chad Morris because he brings in Nick Starkle, grad transfer from Texas AM, and obviously, and Ben Hicks, the grad transfer from SMU. And oh, by the way, he's got the guy that everybody in Arkansas thought was going to be the quarterback of the future in Connor Nolan, yeah. who's playing baseball right now. Michael Bratton did a great breakdown of Starkle versus Hicks. If you want to read more about those quarterbacks, definitely go read that on SDS. It was awesome, awesome stuff. Um, really good insight on on, on those two guys. Consider this, Chad Morris. Since he was hired, has brought in five quarterbacks yeah. in sixteen months. That's what are you looking for, guy?
1: Anything? A heartbeat? A pulse? Any, I mean, anything. Like, it, I think for for Morris, it's at this point, like, you can't go, you can't get worse than two wins. Exactly. So, and I, and I love the fact that Stark was going there.
0: I think Starkle's going to be the guy yeah. because he was brought in after Ben Hicks. If Ben Hicks had been brought in after Starkle, maybe that's a little bit of a different scenario. But keep in mind, Starkle can do the Joe Burrow thing. We think that he's going to be able to enroll in... Uh, I, I believe he's going to be able to enroll this summer, yeah. and then he would have two years of eligibility left. Now, Hicks only has one, and he's got the familiarity with the system. And we saw it last year you know, with your favorite...
1: This is the story of a hurl
0: you know, it was a struggle. It was a struggle learning the offense. And I I wonder that the only thing that's holding me back from definitively saying Nick Starkle is definitely going to be the guy is that he is going to have, you know, a very, very short time to be able to figure this offense and get it down. And maybe that's why Ben Hicks is in there because Ben Hicks is going to be able to to play right away. And maybe the plan is you, you keep Starkle and you just you start him, you know, maybe later on in the season or next year. I don't know the plan, but Starkle would probably be my guess because. I'm higher on him than others. I thought that it was just kind of a tough situation for him at A&M with Jimbo coming in there. And he wasn't going to be able to do all the things from a mobility standpoint that Kellen Mond was. And I think that that's why he ultimately lost out on that job. But I think Starkle's going to have a chance. It'll be still a weird system fit because he doesn't move like a typical Chad Morris quarterback. But I think he'll have a chance.
1: And I'm surprised by the Connor Nolan thing because when he finally got a start last year, right, like late in the year... Yep, that seemed like the Arkansas fan base. Like this is the guy we wanted. Like this, this is the guy that could be like the future of the program in terms of where they were at. Just again, like Arkansas quarterbacks were were pretty bad last year. Even though I love story of a hurl, but I'm I'm surprised at this, and I don't know his baseball prospects at all, and, and, and how good of a baseball player he is. Um, but kind of Nolan, this is an off where you had a lot of room to to grow and 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 like kind of like take the reins. Of this position and chose to play baseball. I'm just kind of surprised by that. I have a
0: little bit of a bold prediction that Arkansas fans probably aren't going to like. And this is, I I messaged a little bit with some people around the program and just trying to figure out what the situation was like. Right. Not necessarily people that work, you know, within the football department. We but talked to Chad Morris than I do. <laughs> I texted Chad Morris and was like, "Hey, what's the deal?" No, um, I don't think Connor Nolan's going to start a game for Chad Morris after after what the one game he started as as a freshman i think he's ultimately is going to end up playing baseball at arkansas and i think that his quarterback situation is just not going to set up well for him and i think that ultimately he ends up being a baseball guy and i think that's a weird thing to think about after only a year that he's been in arkansas but he wasn't recruit wasn't chad morris's guy originally and i just think that the way the way that chad morris has treated this quarterback situation suggests i need to do whatever i can to get as many guys in here as possible because i have no idea who my guy is going to be. And I think if he had thought Connor Owen was going to be the guy moving forward, I don't think he would have been as active on the grad transfer market as he was. Yeah,
1: And And with all this stuff at Arkansas going on right now, especially with the quarterbacks and and just this, you know, uncertainty, I guess you could really say that this has been a true March Chadness. Oh, that's the last one. We're going to get a one-star review because the, the puns. Let's move on to Vandy and hurry up. <laughs> Let's move on to
0: Vandy because guess who has two thumbs and watched the Vandy spring game? This Dude, guy. Dude, they
1: cut it off an hour into it. it. just blows my mind.
0: Nobody needs to know that. I had to watch an hour of Jordan Rodgers, okay? All right. I suffered enough. Anyways. Do you think he he like gets
1: it? on campus like like Barkley would, like when he goes to Auburn, and he's just like, what's up, guys? And everyone's like, who's that?
0: Like, didn't you, you... Oh, yeah, you're the guy that was on the best. You were on the, Here's the Bachelor.
1: the I actually also played quarterback here.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what exactly it's like, but I know that he and, he and Derek Mason are pretty tight. That was pretty obvious from, from watching the spring game. Um, so this battle, because Jordan Rogers talked a lot about it as well, it's between Riley Neal, who was the transfer from Ball State, and Deuce Wallace, who was suspended all of the 2018 season because of an academic issue. So... Kyle Schirmer's replacement, not exactly an obvious slam dunk, you know, repl- you know, guy that's been kind of building up to be the the starter. I watched Neal in the spring game and didn't get to watch Deuce Wallace because Deuce Wallace had his arm in a sling last week, apparently. He's got some sort of arm issue. He's gonna be fine, yep. but we we only got to see Riley Neal. I'm convinced Riley Neal is gonna be the starter. Let's just say he and
1: is and I think that's I think you're right. That kind of expensive. <laughs> let's, <just, laughs> I mean, let's just say Well not. the the bottom line is this, and people don't Vanderbilt football doesn't always move the needle for us here, but just bottom line, he's he's, he's played in 33 games, like you said. I mean, he seems like he'll, like stability will be the key. Because the, the key to that offense is Keyshawn Vaughn, and that's just bottom line. Yeah,
0: so they have, um, I'm not sure if this is a Vandy thing or if this was just like a Jordan Rogers thing. They're marketing this as a big three, and I get why they're doing it. <laughs> This big three consists of Keyshawn Vaughn, Kalijah Lipscomb, and Jared Pinkney, and these are three guys who, you know, Pinkney was a second team All SEC guy last year. Lipscomb put up way better numbers than people probably have. and we love we love Red Mom, but Keyshawn Vaughn, make no mistake about it. So I get why they're doing it. And it makes me think, okay, you just want a guy who can get the ball into the skill player's hands. He doesn't necessarily need to have this arm where he can push the ball, you know, 40, 50 yards downfield. But that's why I tend to think that you would trust Neil to do that more so. And you've got a new coordinator, Gary Godowski comes in there and he said he wants to build the system around personnel and not the other way around. So that to me suggests that Neil is going to be the guy based on his experience. You can kind of see the way that he was throwing the ball around in the spring game, the one hour spring game. And, He's going to be the guy that they're going to trust to just get the ball to the outside. Let the skill players do what they do, and not put a ton of pressure on him to go out and win you games. Much like Kyle Shermer had to do last year. Yeah, three.
1: agreed, agreed.
0: Let's move on to the last one. Well, We've got we Auburn. Talked
1: about this too, so we'll, we'll,
0: and we, we have talked about this. I'm curious if you have a, if you have a prediction for it because. As we sit here today, Malik Willis, Cord Sandberg, Joey Gatewood, and Bo Nix are in a four-way battle. In my opinion, it's it's the best quarterback battle uh, that there is in the country yeah. because of all the, the moving pieces with it. Get this. Gus had QBs go live in scrimmage last week. Let them get hit <laughs> in spring. That
1: never happened. Do happens, not disappoint ever.
0: me. Yeah, I-, I love it.
1: So who do you have?
0: I am taking right now... Willis is going to be the starter, but I think that Gus hedges a little bit, and I think that Joey Gatewood gets reps against Oregon. I never would have predicted that a year ago, but I think that's the way that Gus tries. He's going to take this thing down to the wire as much as possible, and he—obviously, from watching quarterbacks get hits, he is going to do every possible thing to try and get as much yeah. intel as to, this, as to which decision is right as possible— and i think that he goes into that opener even still not 100% sure of how this is going to go but i think that that's the way that this thing plays out and then obviously with the hope that bonix can utilize the redshirt rule maybe even by the end of the year he's starting he's, he gets in a game and he starts just to see kind of what you have in him if things aren't going well for auburn but i would tend to think that that's that's the way this is going to go will it's just because he has the experience in the system
1: bonix is the starter day one
0: Love it. yeah. Love and, it. And, Let's And, and go. the
1: reason why, and we talked about this a lot last week, and God knows you've made me talk about Auburn more than I'm comfortable with over the past <laughs> couple of weeks. But, I mean, Bo Nix, I think, is the most talented player there. Um, and we talked about this a little bit last week, and I, it just it just hit me until when we started bringing up this this topic this week. And we talk about, like, how you don't want to lose some of those other guys with transferring out if you start, you know, Gatewood, or if you start Nix and you lose Gatewood and Willis or whatever – you don't want to lose your your coaching job, and you don't want to really pin that on a freshman, but the last thing Auburn wants as a program is losing the highest rated and most highly touted quarterback they've had in quite some time in Bo Nix, who is also a legacy, and his dad was a quarterback there in some of their glory days in the early 90s, so Bo Nix the starter.
0: You're getting bold today. I love yeah. it. I love it, man. I, I am so here for it. Jared Garantano and Bo Nix, the hype train. You are all aboard. Jared Garantano was I'm, the third
1: best quarterback in the, in the conference last year. He had like When you look at his numbers, I understand after, outside of the Florida game and the Bama game, he was hands down the third best quarterback in the conference last year. We're moving on, though. We're moving Why on. am I saying so on. many nice things about rivals? I don't like this.
0: <laughs> it's very unlike it, you. Very unlike you. You're not mid-season yeah. form. That's what it comes down to. A guy who was always in mid-season for Mark Stoops. We had the pleasure of catching up with a Kentucky coach, talked about a lot of different things, got, some, got into some good stuff with uh, uh, Benny Snell and just kind of talking about the way that this, this season and everything that unfolded at Kentucky, what a wild year it was. But it was fun to get to catch up with him, kind of a first-time thing. Hopefully we're going to get to do this again with him and other coaches around the SEC. But without further ado, let's kick it to our interview with Mark Stoops. We're now excited to be joined by a very very special guest it is kentucky coach mark stoops mark i've got a question that i've been wanting to ask you for the last three months and i'm really glad that you're going to be able to provide some clarity on this so um i was at the citrus bowl and i saw after that game penn state players they got little caesars and your team got chick-fil-a please tell me that the citrus bowl winner got chick-fil-a and that provided all of your team's motivation
2: No, I don't think that was, I think that that was probably prearranged by our ops guy to have Chick-fil-A, you, you know, so only the best after a big win like that, right?
0: <laughs> that actually kind of makes me a little bit sad. I really was hoping yeah. that that was part of like yeah. the bowl package with all that. Yeah. But, you know, in all seriousness, I you know, I know that winning that game, you could tell what that meant to your team. Getting that that 10th victory was so huge for you guys just kind yeah. of take us inside that locker room um you know what when yeah. you guys could finally celebrate and appreciate the historic year that you guys had
2: yeah thank you it it was important i think for many different reasons um you know the the the, the seniors that we had we had 16 seniors that obviously uh, left a pretty strong legacy here, and and they did many good things, and kind of broke through, and and were the guys that worked, you know, for three, four years, five years, some of them to to uh, change the culture, and and the, and the, so it was important to get the tenth victory. It was also important to to win a game, you know, to win the bowl game. We had uh, been the bowl games two two years in a row, and and uh, came up short. And uh, so it was important for this group. I just think that's their mentality to finish things off and finish the season and finish that game and uh, win the 10th. So it, w- it was good on a lot of fronts.
1: Coach, take me back to two years ago, and you're coming off a 2017 season full of ups and downs, including a 5-1 and one start. Was there a moment during that season where you saw something click that you knew would ultimately propel you to success the following year?
2: Oh, I, I... I think, you know, there's been a few moments, you know, you know how difficult it is. You guys cover, you know, just with the, the name of your show there, Saturday Down South. I mean, it, it's tough in the SEC. We know that. Uh, there's there's a very stiff competition each and every week. And, and uh, you know, I think there's been a few moments where, you know, our team just showed their attitude and their toughness and their grit and just to... to you know push it over the hump and uh it's been a long time coming but um i don't know if i could you know relate back that far to any specific game or moment
0: i know that you get this question about well you get asked about this player a lot i mean i think it's safe to say that uh give us your best cash daniel story
2: oh <laughs> uh, he's a beauty probably the most recent we're we're there and they were recognizing us at halftime of one of the uh you know one of the basketball games with the citrus bowl victory and i brought some of the players that were around and we went out there and got recognized and got a big cheer and i said a few words and of course handed the 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 mic over to cash and 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 of course he goes straight into his nashville tone and goes can i get a hell yeah and of course the the fans (laughs) don't miss a beat (laughs) and and they give him a hell yeah right back without missing a step so uh that, that was classic cash
1: that's awesome. <laughs> Cash Daniel walking off the field in the swamp doing the Stone Cold Steve Austin move with the water bottles. Top 10 moment for me last year.
2: Yeah, um, yeah after I didn't that game, see that until I saw the video. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: it, was, it was incredible. Um, yeah. after, after that game, who's the first Kentucky alumni that called you after the win uh, when y'all finally snapped the streak and what did they say?
2: Yeah, there's many. Uh, it's hard to single out anyone. I mean, I, I can, you know, Tim Couch is a guy that's just been there every step of the way. He's just uh, remarkable. Um, you know, he's a great supporter of, of the football program and the university, and uh, he does it in, in Tim's way. You know, he really just, he doesn't want to be recognized. He kind of stays out of the limelight, but has been 100% supportive uh, since day one, and uh, just really appreciate Tim, and You know, what you have to love about a guy like Tim Couch also is that here's a quarterback that went number one that can throw the heck out of the football. But he absolutely loves the, the physicality of our team, the way we you know compound the football, grind out wins and play good defense, and uh, he knows you could be consistent that way, so he's very intelligent when it comes to the, to the football smarts. Obviously, we, we all want to throw it a little more and get, get, get the rock up in the air and, and throw the ball around a little bit better, which we're working extremely hard at, but uh, he's been extremely supportive uh, since day one.
0: Maybe your best offensive player since Tim Couch, Benny Snell. Your best, and we're, we are big fans of Benny the Bandit as well. We're fully on Sorry. board with that. We're looking forward yeah. to the next track. Uh, give us your best Benny Snell story.
2: Oh heck, I, I could think back to you know early on in, in in his career when he's a freshman and and just his you know that that burning desire that that competitiveness that he has. You know, you could go back to very early you know during camp back. What that'd be four years ago when he's just starting and you have to go through a couple of days of pads and that's fine, and then you put the pads on and and he's just he runs with that attitude and that chip on his shoulder and he's getting all pissed off because guys are thudding him up and hitting him and tackling him and I'm like hey benny you know you are in you're in s e c football right here you're gonna get hit dude you know like not every right. not every run's gonna go to the house, and he just couldn't understand that and just uh he always wants those yards and and I remember just kind of chuckling to myself like this dude's crazy like he really wants to run somebody over on every play
0: i'm glad that you said the chip on the shoulder thing because i think you you and benny are two of the same right i mean you guys are both ohio guys you just come in with this kind of chip on the shoulder mentality do you see a lot of yourself in benny
2: I, I think so. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, I love that mentality. I love that. You know, to me, you have to have that. And, um, you know, to be a competitor and to get the most out of your talents each and every day, you know, you have to bring bring that mentality every day.
1: Because you have a pretty incredible resume, and it's crazy how many great players you get to coach, you know, the, like your time at Miami in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. Florida State yeah. later on, obviously now at Kentucky. There were some flat out studs on that uh, on those yeah. 2001, 2003 Miami teams. Tell me where Josh yeah. Allen ranks on that list of former players with the likes of Ed Reed and Sean Taylor.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you, you know, it was different, you know, b- being that, you know, we had some great D linemen back then, but I was a secondary coach and was blessed with a heck of a, a, a tremendous amount of talent in the secondary. I always tell people when we're talking about it. When, I have a picture up on my wall here with all my first-round picks, but I happen to have one secondary at Miami, and we had six first-round draft picks in the secondary. <laughs> well. yeah. yeah, it's kind that's of real. insane. And some Hall of Famers. But, uh, yeah, you know, that that's hard to say because we're 3-4 we're here. We were back then at Miami, four down and had some good defensive linemen. But Josh would fit right in we just in general when you're just talking about a, just a player that impacts the football game. You know, every play, uh, he ranks right right up there, super high. You know, um, hopefully he'll go on and have the the same type of NFL career. Um, So you can't put him in the category of an Ed Reed or somebody like that just yet. But um, as far as college, he, he ranks at the top, you know, top three, four, five guys I've ever been around. Wow. That's awesome.
1: So you were also at Arizona at the same time as Rob Gronkowski. So yeah. I don't know if we want a story cuz we're a family friendly podcast. Um however, is there ever a time that you try to convince him to come over to the other side and play defense instead offense?
2: Oh, uh, he's a classic now. You got to love you got to love the Gronk. No, we were we were blessed. You know, it was really unfortunate for us and uh really unfortunate for my brother Mike, uh bad luck cuz the Gronk, he came in and played as a freshman, true freshman a little bit and you know, obviously had an impact coming in as a true sophomore and um and he was, you know, gonna be like the featured guy and worked all off season. I believe that was Sonny Dyke's first year of coordinating and was doing a good job at diagramming all kind of plays to get him the football and, and then he goes and gets mono right before we started and missed like the whole first half of the season with mono and then and then his junior year um, I want to say that was the year we went to double overtime against Oregon, or we played in the Rose Bowl the first time in school history uh, at the University of Arizona. And we don't get the Gronk one snap all year. He didn't play all year. It was when he had to have back surgery, um, leading up into his true junior year, and uh, didn't play. And we still had a heck of a football team and had every opportunity to go to go to the Rose Bowl and win win the Pac-12. So. Um, ended up second, but, uh, but didn't have Gronk. So I think he would have made a big impact that we had him all year, but he's a beauty. I do have a couple stories, but I absolutely cannot share them on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: want
2: this yeah. off air coach. I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh,
0: when, when somebody like Gronk retires, I mean, you've, you've been around so many players in, in your career. I'm curious, you know, do you, do you shoot them at, do you shoot somebody like him a text? Or is it like one of those things yeah. where if you see him, you congratulate him later? Like, how does that all work?
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've just I haven't kept up with him or talked to him much in in a while, but I absolutely will here once things cool down a little bit. I'm sure he's getting bombarded and his head's swimming right now. But after a couple weeks or a month, I'll definitely uh, shoot him a text and just congratulate him. Try to catch up with him when I see him. Yeah.
0: So watching you uh, every year after you beat South Carolina, it, it gets me so fired up because you can just tell what, what it means to you. I know a couple of years ago you were, you were so, so pumped in that post-game presser where it's like yeah. they're picking South Carolina to beat us every single year and you always find a way to beat them. I don't think I've ever yeah. had an, adrenal, uh, an adrenaline rush quite like you when you beat South Carolina. So can you explain yeah. kind of to the rest of us what that feeling is like when you're stepping up to the podium after beating the Gamecocks?
2: Well, yeah, that game, I could remember you were talking about. And, uh, you, you know, listen, you, you, you know, we live in it and, in, in trying to get your team to, to, like you said, to have the same mentality, have the same chip on your shoulder. And you really have to entrench yourself in that, you know, all week. And, uh, and we were, you know, we were pissed off. And, and, uh, that's when, you know, I don't want to go back and rehash things, but that was the year. It started the game off that way where their captains didn't shake our captain's hands kind of like they were like, okay, we're tired of this. You know, we're tired of you beating us. You know, we're going to take it to you. Here's our mentality, and we're not shaking hands, and we're pissed off, okay? And my point was, well, well guess what? We're We're pissed off and ready to play also you know what i mean so you know bring it let's play and and that's how you got to be all the time and so um you know i wish our players you know we try to play that way every every play every week and every you know all year but as you know there's going to be ups and downs you know you're going to play some games uh, you know to the best of your capabilities and other games you're just not going to be on point you have to be good enough to win when you're when you're not on point and um, you know we're not perfect but you know we're striving to get there and and uh you know so that's that's the way it is we're used to it we're used to being picked you know last or second to last in the east every year and we try to outkick will kick that and i'll kick the coverage every year and try to try to improve on that
1: because we're we're big fans of your quarterback uh we call him neighbor terry wilson and yeah. um let us know how has he progressed this offseason and what can we look forward to from him next year
2: yeah I'm excited about Terry. I really am. We've worked really hard. Terry's worked really hard, and um you know fundamentally there's there's just some things that that he has time now to really work on in this off season. And he's worked hard. He's putting in the time. Coach Henshaw, our quarterback coach, and him have really worked uh, fundamentally doing some things better. Schematically, Coach Grant and Coach Henshaw were really trying to do things that that fits him and that he's comfortable with and kind of have a full year under our belt to – to really examine the things that he does well and put him in a position to be successful, we have to continue to get better around him and create some playmakers and, and recruit, you know, some guys outside. Uh, you know, of course, we got Bowden. You know, that that's a playmaker, and we got to get, you know, we got to get some outside receivers you know, to step up and, and really help us take it to another level.
0: Slowly but surely, we are trying to ask every ICC coach about their tattoo situation. Um, we found out a couple weeks ago that uh, Joe Moorhead has two and he wants to get a third, but his wife isn't on board. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. Uh, so this is a two-part question for you. Uh, first that, off, do you have yeah. any tattoos? And second, what is the tattoo that you wish you could have if your wife gave you no restrictions?
2: Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I do not have any tattoos. I definitely wish I had some and I just feel like it's too too late now. I'm too old. I just <laughs> look silly at this point. But uh but I would love to to have some tattoos. I think I would go with the whole sleeve. I like that sleeve look that these guys yeah. are going with now. Yeah, so no, I don't okay, have any tattoos. Yeah. yeah, maybe well, that we'll could be we'll like Lenny. and get some get some crazy looking stuff around my neck. You know?
1: Yeah, get like a tribal tat, <laughs> just like the Rock. Just come out there next season.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah then... I'll tell you a story. I remember going back to my days at Arizona. We, you know, that was before the tats were as big as they are now, and we had a player, and he, you know, he was all tatted up around the neck and everything. And I, and I was like, "Hey, you know, what are you gonna do, man? You know, when you're done, you, you know, you may want to put a suit and tie on and work in a bank or something." And he says, "Coach, I don't plan on working in no bank." <laughs> I said, "Well, touche. <laughs> <cliche." laughs> I get it, <laughs> coach." Yeah. You could get away with it,
0: though. I think at, at this yeah. point, I mean, you're you're established yeah. where if you want to come out with a sleeve, I, I think everybody's going to look at you. It's, it could be a yeah. recruiting tool. You walk oh, into yeah. living rooms and you, you're the coach yeah, with a tattoo don't. sleeve. I think that's pretty marketable.
2: Yeah, maybe. I better get in that weight room and get in shape a little bit before I do that, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. So... So speaking of uh, of marketing, you know, we've been thinking about, um, you know, doing our own billboards on Times Square for the SDS podcast. I think we're like a few million dollars short. I uh, haven't really checked the funds. You guys yeah. were not a few billion dollars short of doing that. Tell us just kind of how that idea came to be and what you thought about the reaction from it.
2: Yeah, but some of our marketing people brought it to me during the season and, and asked me about it. And um You know, my initial reaction was was probably not, and uh, and then I thought about it, and you know, we 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 kicked it around for a week or so, and then then I thought, why not? You know, our players deserve all you know all the support they can possibly get from us. We definitely had some guys. That were becoming household names and be, were becoming big, big, you know, players and uh, a chance for national awards with within, you know, in, in all American honors and things of that nature. And our team was doing well, so uh, you know, it was really our people that work here and different marketing people, and uh, and so I supported it, and uh, we, we got good traction from that.
0: I love it. And one of the guys that was that was on one of those billboards was Josh Allen, of course, and he, he yeah. kinda takes the league by storm and becomes one of these household names and now everybody's talking about him with the draft. Why do you think he should be picked number one overall?
2: Well, I just think he's a complete player. You know, I think um you know, any time and you know, obviously I haven't been in that position, you know, where coached in the NFL and you're selecting that high, obviously they're investing an awful lot in 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 these top players and um you know i just think with him he's a can't miss guy there's no doubt about it he's an impact player he's extremely versatile he's he's knock on wood he's been healthy every day he's been here uh practices all day every day so he's extremely durable um and uh and and you know he's a he's a great teammate he's unbelievable in the locker room. He's a leader. He cares. He cares about winning Money's not going to change him one bit. He's going to, he's going to want to be the most dominant player in the NFL. And that's just his mentality. So you you have to love a guy like that.
1: Coach, we got, we got a couple more questions. We have one audience question from one of our listeners, and then we're going to get you into a family feud, a little fun, fun way we like to close out uh, most of our interviews here. So first, first off the audience question, um, I don't know if you follow this person on Instagram, Wild Will Cody twenty seven. Shout out to him. If you weren't coaching football, what would you be doing for a career?
2: Yeah, that's that's a good question. That's that's tough. Uh, I really don't know because, quite honestly, I really always felt like I'd be coaching. Um, I really did. My father was a high school teacher and coach, uh, and uh, you know, obviously, all my brothers got into it and. Uh, you know, I just kind of grew up around it, so I really am not sure. It's a very good question. Um, there's really nothing else I'm that passionate about, so, you know, I'd be guessing.
1: Well, you ain't going to work at no bank, though.
2: No, I'm not going to work at no bank. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Mark, can we get you and, and Bo Pelini to start a bank? Because uh, we would we would obviously <laughs> put all of our money in that bank.
2: <laughs> yeah, you put your money. Put your money in this bank. <laughs> that's perfect, Coach. We'd we be going around. Yeah, we'd be getting some people, put some money in our bank. That's for sure. No, but that awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah.
1: So, Coach, we're going to get you out here on um, on Family Feud. Yeah. It's a game we like to play. <clears throat> it's. Um, I know we had all the softball questions earlier. We are going to get into the hard hitting stuff. Um, it's it's a rapid fire questions. If it's, okay. We got ten of them. We're going to put two minutes on the clock, but we can go over that. It's fine. Uh, Are you ready yeah, to play? I
2: really, lo- I really love these questions, by the way. Not. <laughs> okay. I do yeah. not. Yeah.
1: Uh, no, this will be fine. It'll be fine. We're, you, you're All just right. competing for a high score. It's it's, it's super All competitive. Right. You'll enjoy it. All right. Here we go. First question, what's your go-to order at Chick-fil-A? Uh,
2: number one. The, the the sandwich and fries.
1: Okay. Uh, who's a louder yeller? Coach Cal or Cash Daniel? Cash. Okay, like that. Um, who's your favorite character from The Office? No idea. Oh, that's minus a lot of points. my
2: I know my kids like it. I, I don't want. I don't. I don't know the name. Sorry. Go ahead. It's fine. It's fine. We'll
1: assign one later. It's it's fine. All right. Um, what's a more painful post game celebration? Ice cold Gatorade bath or getting thrown through a ceiling?
2: Absolutely, thrown through the ceiling.
1: <laughs> uh, what is your favorite gas station snack combo?
2: Um, probably a Snickers in a uh, bottle of water.
1: Okay. I like All that. Right, I like that. Uh, who wins a hot dog eating competition, Jared Lorenzen or Matt Elum?
2: Jared Lorenzen.
1: Oh, I was really hoping you were going to say Elam. Um, that's good. Better Kentucky tradition: bourbon Matt, or horse Matt racing. Matt is very
2: Matt is very picky on what he eats and doesn't eat. So really, <laughs> yeah, he's I'm one of my he box box. Yeah.
1: Um, better uh, Kentucky tradition: bourbon or horse racing.
2: Ooh, horse racing.
1: Ooh, God, that's a lot of points, too, Coach. Um, oh, okay, no I, I know it. As soon, soon
2: as that came out of my mouth, I said, no, bourbon, 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 but it was too late. Okay. I just went with it. We'll go we'll back. Change and the answer. Say we'll say it's bourbon. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um,
1: so we have three questions left. Bucket list concert you want to go to?
2: Ooh. What's those guys' names? The Foo Foo guys? Foo Foo?
1: <laughs> Foo Fighters?
2: Foo Fighters, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, if you could have one player from the UK basketball team be on the football team, who would it be? PJ. Ooh, I thought it was going to be retraps. That's good. I like that. Uh, last yeah. but not least, one word to describe Kentucky football in 2019. Attitude. Ooh, I love it. I love it. That was that was perfect. That was good, Coach. We <laughs> had these up. You took a big, big negative on that office uh, question, but um, you got 69 points. That's not bad. It's pretty nice. Wow, very nice, <laughs> Coach. That is
0: very impressive. We. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. I, like I said, yeah. I mean, I, I have loved getting to watch your your rise and just kind of you know this 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 build that you guys have had. And we'll, we'll continue if if it means anything to you, we can continue to doubt you in the preseason. That way, you guys get to have all these moments, all these fuel, all yeah. this like fuel for those South Carolina wins. Is, well, is cool doubt, without a doubt,
1: without
0: a doubt. yeah, <laughs> just, what just kills like, me now, Jerry. The
2: Here's the beautiful thing. Now this year that that that, uh, that I love, everybody's doubting us now because oh, we lost sixteen, you know, players and lost some good players. And so, why didn't a year ago that you didn't talk about any of those guys? Nobody gave us any credit a year ago. So Ooh. who's going to be the new sixteen? Who's the new sixteen guys on this team that nobody knows or nobody cares about or doubts? Right.
0: That's a great point. I am fired, fired up, Coach. <laughs> uh, if you if you need a couple walk ons, um, you know, just just give us a call. We've yeah, we got eligibility left. left, man. We'll play for you. At hey, uh,
2: I would love to have you guys. Come on, Connor, Chris. You guys can do it. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it, Coach. We'll uh, uh, next time we see you, we'll probably see you at SEC media days. We expect you to be running a bank with Bo Pelini with an arm sleeve or some neck tats. Sound good?
2: It's on. All right, boys. Thank you. Appreciate hey, you, it, Coach. Mark. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys.
0: We've got final four, final, final four predictions to get to. All we said was that we were going to take Auburn to cover a a five-and-a-half point spread. I am standing by that, but I'm going to take it a step further. Oh, boy. Auburn's going to win this game. Auburn is going to beat Virginia. I don't think that Virginia has seen a team in the tournament that is offensively as well-rounded as Auburn is. Yeah. which I think that Auburn right now, playing with the confidence they are, Oof. I keep going back to Virginia's kryptonite is sort of these guys who can create their own shot and can do so and catch fire from three. Yeah. Auburn's got plenty of guys who can do that. And I just tend to think that on a big stage, Auburn's going to be loose. They're, they're kind of on a free roll. This is already, They've already made their history. Nobody's going to be picking them to win. I think they get off to a great start, and I think a Virginia team that's not necessarily built to come back struggles. And I think
1: Auburn wins this game. So, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, Do I, it. Uh, like, at all. Do it. At all. No. Hell no. <laughs> 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 I've said enough, enough nice things about Auburn. It is now April. We've moved on from March. No, no. So, here's the, here's the only thing. I agree with everything you just said. And when you talk about a uh, Virginia team, that is, their defensive efficiency, when you look at, like, the Ken Palm ratings, I don't know what any of that stuff means. I just look at the number, and it's A lot pretty, of acronyms. It's, it's a lot of acronyms, man. It takes me back to my days in sales, man. And that, it's ridiculous. Now, what I will say is this. When you see a very low number next to a very high number in that terms of they are ranked number one or, or two in the country because their defense gives up only 57 points or less a game, that's impressive, obviously. And Virginia is a team that can, when they are shooting the ball well, when guy can put it up from three and, and he, his shot is like is on, they're very tough to beat. Now, what I will say is they had three losses all year. Again, we brought this up on, on our Sunday pod. and They lost to Florida State in the ACC semis, and they lost to Duke twice. Duke. The one thing they did poorly all year is shoot the three. And that's what Auburn does best. So that worries me and for, for Virginia. But I just, as you say all the time, water finds its level. And this is an Auburn team that is absolutely on fire. What I don't like, and I'm and I'm only making this prediction based off of this, is the fact that 77% of the betting public has already jumped on Auburn. And that is a...
0: Told you that line was coming Very down. big alarm.
1: Very big alarm. Um... I'm going to take Virginia to win this game, and I'm going to take Virginia to cover.
0: Oh, you're going to take Virginia to cover. Too. And I hate
1: it. And I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to hate on Auburn at all. I just, I just, when you have 78% of the betting public on that, that really worries me.
0: What, what would the line have to get down to?
1: For me for to bet you? it? it have, yeah. have to keep going up. it have to keep going up. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Um, and, so, and here's the reason why. And and people don't understand this. I, I was fascinated by this. And, and one of the reasons I missed a lot of the second half of that Virginia-Purdue game, I, w- I was watching it, but at the same time I was watching my phone keeping up with the live bets in Vegas the entire time. Vegas lost over over $100,000 in live bets alone in overtime because of the Virginia game. Because the Virginia line against Purdue was 4.5, and, and I thought that was outrageous. And you look at it, if you bet Purdue plus 4.5 in that game... Think about how miserable of an ending that was for Brutal. you to lose that money. Brutal. Brutal. Bad beat. And they were able to cover that line. And I think that's obviously kind of like an anomaly. I don't, I'm not saying that is going to happen again. But I do think that if they were able to cover that in that way, I like Virginia to win this game.
0: Uncle Chris, let's keep you rolling. We've got big, big-time games that have Woo! lines for opening week.
1: I am shimmying right now. I feel good. You are shimmying on the Yeah, I'm worried about much. your mic right now. Don't <laughs> shimmy out of you that. You know line. what? I appreciate that. Um, yeah, Uncle Chris is back, y'all. It's been a long off season having to gamble on baseball, AAF, figure skating, things I'm not proud of, but things I still did, nonetheless. So I can keep sharp, all for you. Um, so we're just gonna go over just the real quick. Um, and we're gonna there's six lines that I thought were interesting. I did not include the Bama Duke line because that's stupid um six games in the first week or two of the season even week zero which is a thing this year
0: thank you florida and miami
1: yeah so um just the lines for those games and we're both going to pick what we think if we had if we had to put a hundred dollars or hill a thousand yeah on what we think let's go a thousand okay on what we think would be the best line to bet on we'll go from there so florida seven and a half point favorite against miami auburn is a three point favorite against oregon uh, South Carolina is a seven-point favorite against UNC. UGA is an eleven and a half-point favorite over Notre Dame. LSU a three-point favorite at Texas and A&M. That's at Texas. Game is at Texas, correct? Okay. And then A&M at Clemson. Clemson's a sixteen and a half-point favorite. So if you had a hundred, thousand dollars to bet on any of these games, what would it be? I would
0: bet on A&M to cover sixteen and a half at Clemson. At Clemson.
1: At Clemson. Ooh, yep. Okay. yep.
0: I think. Uh, I think. earlier on... on
1: both those teams.
0: Yeah, lot of lot of uncertainty. I think that AM's roster is going to be at a at an even better level from just a, a depth standpoint. I think that Jimbo with the class that he's been able to bring the, the class that he's been able to bring in back to back is going to help them from yeah. from that. Um, I think that yes, don't get me wrong, I love Trayvon Williams. I'm gonna miss watching that dude. I think yeah, he was fantastic, one of the more underrated running backs in the country. But I think that AM is still going to have enough to at least stay close. With Clemson. And that's not just based on last year, but I do think Kellen Mond is going to be a guy who's going to take the next step. And I think that 16 and a half is still a lot because we, we think AM is going to be a top 15 team in the country. yeah, And that's essentially, you know, that's a, that's a three possession game. Can AM keep it within 14? Yeah. Yeah. So while I'm not necessarily saying that AM is going to compete um, for a division title this year, I think. I tend to look at next year as the better possibility for that. I think that that
1: would be the place that I want to put my money. I wish you'd shut your mouth because I don't like anything you're saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think this is simple for me, and I and I'm not trying to jump on the Auburn hate train. I promise. But Oregon is going to be a very good Water team. Water
0: finds its luck I'm
1: just saying Oregon is going to be a really good team next year. Um, however, that's that's like my second pick because I think Ooh. three points aside. South Carolina over UNC seems like a no-brainer. South Carolina, in in these early games especially, they I feel like they'll be they'll be fine. Um, they played UNC a couple years ago, I think, when UNC was coming off uh, was supposed to be like they're going into what was supposed to be a pretty good season under Larry Fedora. They've had a coaching change. Uh, you have a senior quarterback in South Carolina. I like South Carolina to win this game by seven.
0: South Carolina, correct me if I'm wrong here. They've really struggled to cover last year. They were one of, the, one of the SEC's worst when it, when it came to coverage. Well, in it? the
1: year before, they were the best in the conference. Um, but that's also when they took us, you know, when you look at two years ago, they had six games that were, were decided by seven points or less. Right. So, again, the water-punches-level thing, I think that kind of happened last year. I just think in this scenario, when you look at Miami, that's a crapshoot. We don't know. That's an in, in-state. A lot of those guys have played against each other in high school. First that's career
0: start, Tate Martell, too.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be a, that, that hook, the 7 a hook is what scares me. Yeah. Um, Auburn and Oregon, there's, again, a lot of uncertainties on Auburn's side. I'm surprised Auburn's even favored in that game. Um, UGA Notre Dame, that's a lot of points. 11.5 is a lot of points. I know that's in Athens. LSU, Texas. LSU, if that game's in LSU, I'm, I'm taking LSU all the way. and That would probably be where my $1,000 to go. Um, LSU
0: would be my second choice on that yeah, list. Really,
1: that's, I, I just think at Texas, and and we've seen how much Tom Herman apparently loves beating the SEC and just really puts a lot into it. I you know, the past two bowl games. I I just think South Carolina, UNC is the weakest opponent out of any of these teams. Hands LSU,
0: LSU should have hired Matt Canada back just for that Texas game because we know Matt Canada could beat Texas. Just Maryland.
1: That's, that's terrible. Yeah. But that, those are my picks. So that's an early look at some lines for next year from uncle Chris. You're welcome. I'm back. Um, and now we've got fourth and wrong after we beefed up. I beefed up on Monday. Or we Sunday. beefed up. We, we, beefed we up. take
0: responsibility.
1: Um, Regardless, we got four questions from Fourth and Wrong from Twitter. We got some pretty good, uh, pretty good entries here. So first, I don't think we've ever read a question from this guy. He's one of my favorite people on Twitter, and he he follows us. He's he is super nice. He has a lot of nice things to say about Pastor Patty Sue, and he's always been very nice to me on Facebook and Twitter. A big fan of the pod, um, Mr. Robert Fellows, big Arkansas guy. Shout on out a, Robert on a PB and J. It's only grape jelly, right?
0: I think we've talked about this before, but I'm team. Leave the jelly at home, just give me the peanut butter. You're so lame. I know. <laughs> but if scary. I was if I was forced to eat a PB and J. What are you forced to eat PB and Just ha- have great. jelly on it? Because you know sometimes where you go places and they got pre like uh like the pre-made sandwiches and they're just handing them out. It's not like I'm gonna sit there and like take the jelly off it. I would eat jelly if it's on it. If I'm making it though, uh, you know, just give me the peanut butter. I don't need the Lazy jelly. Lazy yeah, bro. You don't I think
1: put- grape jelly is is probably the way to go um strawberry jelly i'm sorry robert i'm a big fan of yours but robert jelly robert wow robert jelly (laughs) i love love that flavor strawberry jelly is my favorite um and there you know i'll tell you what guys and i know that you're lazy and you don't want to make you don't want to dip a knife into two jars or anything like that there wasn't a time that long ago um where uncle chris was in a dark dark place where he started off his day in the afternoon with with a double deck for pb and j yeah. Wait, clarify that. That started was like 6 your... years ago and I was like no, 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 in, no, no. in a dark place. Start,
0: started off your day in the afternoon.
1: <laughs> I used to bartend. I used to bartend and I would like oh, that's stay right. out afterwards. So I would I would be I would I, there was a uh, there was a, a time and it was a very bad time in my life, but it was like this is like years and years ago, but I would wake up at like 2 o'clock when Boy Meets World would come on ABC Family and then I would just start Dang. with like a triple decker PB&J. I wish I didn't share that. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's, all Texas Pete. now it's all Texas Pete. That's what's what's helped the weight loss. Alright, <laughs> second question. This is from our good friend here, Will Ogburn. Okay. Producer of the show. Producer of the show. If you had a to win a karaoke contest, what song would you pick?
0: I would probably go Friends in Low Places. Ooh, that's pretty good. I, I think that the notes are I think the notes are hittable. I, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, he's I, not a great singer. There's not something. don't don't
1: hate He's a great costume. storyteller, he's not a great singer. Yeah. I love Garth. I, I still think he's... I love him, I love him too. That I, Notre Dame concert was...
0: Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't watch it. I saw the, the commercials for it, but... Ooh, that was the worst part. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd probably go with that. Um, live Like You're Dying. I, I don't know. I'd probably oh, yeah. go something a little bit more country ballady type thing okay. I think would be best.
1: Um, I went the total opposite direction. Have you ever seen Garth live, by the way?
0: No, I That's haven't. That's a bucket he's, list, he's on thing, my list Connor.
1: You got to see that. He's He's awesome. Um what I so mine is, <laughs> mine is two. Share if I could turn back time. That's not surprising. That is I, I nail that song. I just I just that's that's partially how I got on that damn game show. They were like, Do you have a hidden talent? And I was like, I'm really good at singing share if I could turn back time. Question. What?
0: How many times have you sung that song sober?
1: Oh, a lot. Yeah. Really, okay. I mean, probably right, equal that's amount of drunk, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's like a, it's, it's, it's a lot either way. Um, no, so it's that or crime mob nuck if you bug. Big fan of that. Know all the words. That's that's a that's a go to for me. Um, third question from Adhim offered, I that, <clears throat> offered, also a very fun follow on, on Twitter. Uh, favorite pizza style. This is that question I tried to bring up to you last week. I'm just three, three words. Couldn't get that sentence out. <laughs> I'm extremely biased, just because I growing up in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a Chicago
0: style guy, but I'll say no, no, no. It's no,
1: not like deep dish. It's like what you get on your pizza. Oh, okay.
0: Um, I, I mean, it depends on the place, but probably. I like sausage, peppers, and onions.
1: Those yeah. are probably go to. Why is it so hard for me to tell? You just to get that sentence out for like to describe the pizza style. I've messed that up twice now.
0: Yeah, well, favorite pizza <laughs> style. You can go any different direction yeah. than that.
1: Um, no I'm the same so Supreme is like is like my go to that's, that's good I, I don't like this is going to sound very ignorant in Alabama of me this is something Allie does because she's fancy and from LA and all that BS she'll be like hey what do you want to order from here and she'll hand me a menu and it's like strictly in Italian I'm like I don't know what a single one of these blanking words says so just whatever's most like like Supreme Pizza neapolitan I, probably on the menu somewhere margarita they got a damn margarita they got a salt on the rim of this crust what's going on right now i don't taste any tequila in this crust. i don't taste any tequila <laughs> uh okay all right this is the last one this is from dakota carter also a very very um fun follow we have on, on social media dream first dance song what is your dream first dance song also what is the worst first dance song you've ever seen played Oh, oh, I don't have, I don't have a worst. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I've okay. not
0: been to enough weddings yet. I'm, I, I was kind of like before my group yeah. of friends to do that. We got married pretty young, so I'm, I'm getting into you that. You take the I'll best answer. and I'll,
1: I'll do the worst. Cause I, 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 have the worst.
0: The best first dance song we're talking about with, you know, bride and groom, right? We're not talking about like, you know, mother and, you know, oh, gross. Mother no. Groom. Okay. Just major. Um, go through all the categories. So there's, there's a lot. Um, I, I, we did um, bless a Broken Road, Rascal Flats. Oh, my God. And that led into our surprise impromptu dance Ooh. that we did. You've never seen the video for this, I don't no. think. But uh, not either of us had ever, like, danced or done anything like that before. And it was awesome. Um, I did uh, the Carlton in the middle of it okay. at some point. It's not unusual. I know, yeah, unusual, I know that it is, yeah. <laughs> but, um, it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. So I'd say probably some sort of impromptu thing because after about like the first 30, 40 seconds of a slow song, yeah. everybody gets kind of bored of it. So yeah, I it's think Rascal any Flats. Well, don't, I mean, yeah. Rascal Flats is, you know, they, they have their hits. They have their hits. We'll just say that. I'm glad um, you made it past that broken road, Connor. I was worried <laughs> about you for a while. <laughs> Uh, but I think I, I love the impromptu dances. I, yeah. I think that's so much more entertaining. I think it's so much more fun. So that that'd be my best. first. That's pretty cool. I like
1: that. The worst I've ever I've ever seen or heard. So I had a buddy of mine, Brian Grooms, who's a big um, loves music. Uh, was a wedding DJ for quite some time. And, well, just DJ in general, but he's also a wedding DJ. And this is uh, this is like in Covington, Georgia. Would you have you ever heard me talk about Covington, Georgia? I've never said anything nice about it. And maybe it it's Connor's basically the same place. But he they went out. <laughs> to Covington, Georgia, and he said, he goes, just wait, just wait until the, they make their entrance in and make their first dance, and they, like, he's like, now introducing for the first time, Mr. and Mrs., blah, blah, and he's like, double doors open up, and doves and blank fly out in the background, and they walk in, everyone's, like, cheering for him, and I'm sure there's people there in, like, short sleeve shirts and ties, like, it's just, like, not the classiest wedding, and they get on the dance floor, and all you hear is, never gonna be alone, Nickelback. Nickelback, oh. and then they transitioned into photograph, and it was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Oh my, what? God. That is lower
0: than Joe Dirt. That is, you know, you know how when you're, uh, I mean, if you're, you're trying to figure out who are Nickelback fans, where are they? Do oh, they exist? Oh. You found
1: them, that- I, dude. I went to a Nickelback concert as a joke you remember this? No, ironically, yeah really <laughs> well, no, so because we made we, and we, we hit it big on social media with this. I made these these uh, matching tank tops for a bunch of our friends and we did look at this brotograph, and it was him and Chris Daughtry who was opening for him and we ended up it ended up going well Daughtry like sought us out on Instagram and was like sick bro and was like it's not bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll never forget the, that's the third time I got tetanus so um, let's move on to the final thing about about the, uh, about the office and I'll let you take over
0: We have a championship matchup. It is set. It is dinner party against the injury, and I am so happy, so happy because these are my two favorite episodes of all time. And I did not rig the votes. I promise I did not rig the votes. But I am so proud of our listeners, everybody who has voted in this to make this my dream a reality. (laughs) This this is perfecting schlag for me. (laughs) (laughs) I am hosting a podcast in which. The viewers had all the power, and they 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 yeah. sided with my two favorites. This has and been I a, just, this my heart this, is full.
1: This has been a very trying process. I mean, me and Connor, we were like at each other's throat one day, and because I was pissed about my shows, tough. and it was. But it, it's been fun, man. It's been fun. I think it, it's been a. It, I think I will say this. I will. I will for the first time. I will tell you this. I think these two shows are deserving. I think they're better than the ones that I had up at the top. Now, stress relief which again we will get to that whole debacle with stress relief. I still say and stress relief debacle, is, is yes. a top is a top episode. However, The Injury is so good and Dinner Party is so good and I think it's been it's been fun to see like this whole thing like a lot of people involved in it, a lot of people like it hasn't really tapered off as like that much. It's been it's been mm-hmm. a lot of fun so I I'm think you were right and- is what I'm trying to say. Thank you. You're Thank you. are welcome. There you go. I think we were both right. I
0: think we both made some good yeah. suggestions. I'm going to go back and I'm going to I'm going to rewatch our lead eight this week. Just you so we done can, it yet? We can talk about it more. I mean, I've watched it like probably in the last couple of months, but like the best I'm going to seek it out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We, we've we've had different different work weeks a little bit. But, that's true. Yeah, um, yours has probably probably been a little bit more fun. But that's I would all right. definitely
1: agree with that. I'm sorry, but anyway, let's close it out with it might mean too much.
0: This is actually I'm going to throw it back to you because you are at the center of this. This involves a certain <laughs> comedian that we probably brought up a little bit in passing it wasn't passive aggressive it was just aggressive
1: yeah i don't care i mean i I won't i won't apologize for this it's um so if you guys uh, were on twitter at all this past weekend you saw the meltdown that alabama twitter had over funny main and also jay barker saying stuff about how they were and mac wilson and oj howard and how they were cheering for um uh auburn Auburn
0: is the team that you're for yeah yeah
1: okay they were cheering for auburn this past weekend to make it the final four and how it's great We're from the same state you got to support each other and a lot of people push back onto why that's wrong and it ended up leading to funny main deleting his twitter which was hilarious to me um I, maybe you should chime in about why that might mean too much because i've said this last time on the facebook live i think there's a difference between being supportive and showing um sportsmanship versus being soft and i think the reason why i say soft is this is it's you want to acknowledge your rival and stuff like that and like you know give them credit where credit's due, but just from being a Bama fan, there was Kevin Kevin Skarbinski so is what really like blew everything open when he said, if you're a true basketball fan, this this win means the whole state shares this, the whole state won today and I remember, and Hunter Johnson made a comment he said it's like no the blank we did not. and no no we didn't like Auburn congratulations tip of the cap to you congratulations man like y'all won this but in the same way that I don't want Auburn fans celebrating when Bama wins I want that blank to hurt man like we're rivals that's otherwise there's no reason that we would have the rivalry in the first place so it was Alabama Twitter was so angry they forced a man who made his entire career (laughs) off of making you laugh off of one platform of social media and that's it might mean too much this week
0: I don't know who it might mean too much for. The Bama fans or for Funny Man? Kind of both of them,
1: Yeah, in a way. I mean, without a doubt. I, I, it, the whole thing's stupid, and and, and I want to make clear, he's not wrong for what he said by any means. Like he, no, he's it's being not like that crazy take. It's, it's really not a crazy take at all. But when you start pushing back and getting arguments from Bama fans that you've built your entire like, Just don't yeah. be surprised when you've built your entire career like pandering to one specific group, and then you all of a sudden put a hashtag War Eagle out there like... Yep, probably not going to go over that well. I mean, you imagine if I came in here talking about Louisiana hot sauce? Wouldn't do it, bro. Wouldn't do it unless they're one of our sponsors. Ah, well, Texas Pete, I don't think they would allow that. But no. uh, if,
0: don't let Coach O bring that in there, by the way. TP or forever. T- yeah, TP House. Yep. We have two five star reviews, reviews to get to. This first one is great. It's been sitting here for, for a little bit, so I apologize. But uh, East Over West uh, is who this is from. Subject, fantastic podcast. I have to admit, one of the main reasons I'm writing this review is because your last one is from Cuckboy69. So without further <laughs> ado, this podcast is legend. Wait for it. And I hope you're not lactose intolerant because then you'll be allergic. You'd be allergic to it. Dairy. But seriously, boom. these three are phenomenal. Chris is funny and witty. Connor is quietly funny and always has great stats. And Coach o is, well, Coach o. Regardless, as you would say. Uh, You should 100% listen to this pod every time they post one. They're awesome. Go dogs, Georgia, not fail state. Burn.
1: This is from Ash Williams, 182. It says, love this, exclamation point. Um, Love, love, love this podcast. No matter what kind of day I'm having, y'all make me laugh while giving me major insight, talking points about all things SEC. I started listening last fall as football season started, and I can't imagine ever getting through a football season with y'all I can't imagine ever getting through a football season with y'all again. Without y'all. Yeah, okay. She meant without us. Okay. Even when y'all are downing my balls, it's done with such insight and good-hearted nature that I can't be mad and can usually only laugh and agree. I love the football chat. I love everything SEC slash March Madness y'all have been doing. I love Uncle Chris telling me where smart money bets are. And most of all, I love when Coach O stops by. Keep being awesome. P.S. just won my office bracket pool because Uncle Chris was riding high on Texas Tech making a run. I'm the only one in my pool who put them in the final four, and that put me far, so far up in points. No one can beat me. Never would have done that without listening to the pod. That's pretty awesome. I have goosebumps right now. Also, I could, I need to borrow like seventy three dollars. So if you could send me part of those winnings, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Ash Williams. You're the best. There you go. Thank you to anybody who sent us a, a five star review. Yeah. Tell your friends to send us five star review.
0: Tell your friends to subscribe. Tell us to follow. Tell them. Tell anybody you know, really. Anybody walking down the street yeah. to follow us on all forms. Yeah, look at the strangers. Media. Yeah, who cares? Make billboards. Do whatever you gotta do. Yeah, Just make sure you make get that. the word out there for us. Uh, make sure that you're following us on Twitter at the SDS Pod, at C SDS, at CJ Follow us on Instagram at SDS. Make sure that you are watching Facebook Live. That is going to be Monday night
1: at 8:30. 8:30 p.m. Not next Monday. So we're gonna do it most likely on Sunday night after we get done with our recording because of the national championship.
0: And I'll say this. We, you can still vote in our yep. office championship. That is going to be going up. If you're listening to this on Wednesday morning, that is still going to be up. I believe it's going to be up until Wednesday night. So you'll have yeah. a full day yeah. to, to be able to vote on that. Make sure you definitely do so. Um, I think, like I said the other day, the plan is we're going to base what we're going to do this weekend off of Auburn. And if Auburn just gets smoked, like, yeah. Ah, we don't, yeah. don't want to just do a podcast based on Auburn getting smoked in the Final Four. We'll instead do our office. Bracket. Yeah, okay. I like that. Okay. So. so either way, it's a win-win for y'all. We are... Excited to be doing two a week, though, and we're going to get into more, more spring stuff next week once uh, the NCAA tournament finishes up. But that was fun. Coach O, are you back from Cuba yet?
1: Thank you so much. For that five-star review. you. It might be too much. Funny, man. Talk to you Monday.